This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Go Lasso. And this is our Wednesday preview. Manchester City, if they beat Aston Villa, they'll go top of the table. We have Fulham against Manchester United and the Supercoppa Italiana as Juventus play Napoli. Many, many more games, betting tips, analysis with Jimmy Conrad and James Bench. Kego Lasso begins right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Kego Lasso. This is our Wednesday preview with James Bench. How are you, James? I'm great. I was just telling you guys, I've got a new uh, 4K webcam. So my apologies to everyone watching this on YouTube because um, I haven't even trimmed my beard. This. Oh, you look beautiful and I can pick every single hair, which is so good, <laughs> so detailed. I love it. I love it. And of course, <laughs> Jimmy Conrad uh, saluting himself as a disgruntled, depressed Newcastle fan. How are you, Mr. Conrad? So I watched all 90 minutes of that uh, Newcastle game against Arsenal. I want all Why 90 minutes of my life back. Uh, <laughs> I have a bag over my head. My daughter's watched it with me. We thought we'd do some arts and crafts. We think we're perfectly reflecting what a Newcastle fan should feel like right now. We suck. And uh, it's really hard. It's really hard to watch. And I'll, I'm going to take it off now. I don't have a 4K camera <clears throat> like Bench, but I do want to say that uh, it's really hard to watch a team. I don't care who you support where the players don't look like they're having any fun. Like there's not one ounce of joy when I watch Newcastle play. And if the players aren't having fun, I can guarantee you the supporters aren't. And when we give up cheap goals, like we did against Arsenal, I say cheap because I'm, I'm still bitter bench. Okay. All right. So anyway, I'm just frustrated. I don't know what the solution is there. I, I, I do have a sign behind me that says Conrad in Steve Bruce out. I would happily take the job, but um, or maybe I wouldn't, I don't know what playing for Mike Ashley would be that much fun, but I will say that, uh, I'm a little frustrated and disgruntled. I'm a little emotional today. So just bear with me, everybody. No, of course. And trust me, as a Villa fan, I know exactly how you feel. As also James Bench, even as an Arsenal fan in recent times, uh, you know, we oh. all feel the wrath. Well, oh, right now you're very happy. Yes. Yeah, the Arsenal gluttony is back. I love it. Uh, but we could talk about that game for a second. Uh, uh, but I did say this before taping. Uh, the warning of Steve Bruce, everybody. He's a very good man, experienced man. I like him a lot. But from my experiences when he managed Villa, I just creatively, he's just not the one. It's just not going to happen. It's very limited from a creative perspective. And this really was just uh, a future that was pretty much predicted by anybody. Uh, James, first off, just very quickly on the game, I guess. Good win for Arsenal, another loss for Newcastle. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I was more interested in Newcastle. Um, I completely agree with you, Luis. He's a manager you hire if you want to come 17th. And I think that's no guarantee this season. It's really sad. It's sad seeing good players not being given chances to, to display themselves. But also, like, they're good players, but they're not great players. It's sad that Newcastle aren't getting these great players to play for them anymore because they should be one of the biggest clubs in England. And I know there's lots of supporter bases that say that, 
but I think that's true with Newcastle. Um, just on Arsenal, Thomas Partey looks um, the like, incredible. Players just banks off him, and then he goes and carries the ball 15 yards forward. Um, he's great, but yeah, I, I hate seeing this happen to Newcastle, and it's been happening for far too long. Yeah, Jimmy, final words on Newcastle uh, before we move in on Wednesday. I know that you're disgruntled, but what can happen here? I mean, obviously, uh, you've, okay, let's say that Steve Bruce does leave. Like, what, what happens here? For me, you got to find a manager that reflects the current situation. You need to find one that needs some redemption in their managerial career, whatever it is. You need somebody that's going to come in and, and bring some life to the team because right now it feels like there's no life to it. It feels like the best attacking players are either hurt or they're handcuffed in terms of what they can do. And uh, it sucks. It's hard to watch, man. And, and it's not a good advertisement for the league or for Newcastle in particular, given their history. So it's tough. I don't, I don't know. Again, I don't know what the solution is but they need to figure something out because I would rather our, the team go out and play and lose five or six, nothing, but actually try to go after teams than to just sit back and watch what I just watched, which is just, well, I hope they don't score on us. You know, I hope, I hope. And then, you know, it's one V one Aubameyang says, thank you very much. He should have scored four that four yesterday. Anyway, I'm a little bit bitter, but uh, you know, it's part and parcel of being a fan and, and uh, I'm just not a bandwagoner. Like, you know, people that support Man City. <laughs> <laughs> well, Matt, I mean, a lifelong Man City fan. Lifetime. <laughs> so, but to your point, listen, what, I'll tell you what is interesting right now is the relegation battle. Because uh, a few weeks ago, probably even before Christmas, we were saying, well, two out of the three are definite, right? Sheffield United, uh, West Brom even. But then look at Sam Allardyce and what slowly he could maybe be doing. You don't know that. But from a numbers perspective, Sheffield United with He's just five points, 20th. West Brom with 11, Fulham with 12. And then outside of that, you have Burnley with 16, Brighton 17, Newcastle 19. And then don't forget that Burnley and Fulham have two games in hand, one game in hand above Brighton and Newcastle. So James Bench, the relegation battle looks a little bit more interesting now uh, from a neutral perspective. Yeah, it's really... What's really curious is you've got Brighton down there, but Brighton are not playing like a team that's going to get relegated. And I don't... You know, the quality at both ends of the field is debatable, but all it needs is for the goals to start going in, the chances to, that they're creating to go in and the defence to just be a little bit better. And they're a mid-table team. Um, I think Newcastle are going to get dragged in. It's really... The thing is, you can't predict that Burnley will go down. And every time with Allardyce, and I did a piece on this before Christmas, every time he starts slowly in these relegation battles, because it takes time to drill these banks of four... Um, you know, we will just survive and nick a goal. That takes time. and Especially well with his philosophy. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. exactly. It, is a, it, it takes time, but it does work. We've seen it work. And Fulham are playing great football. I think you say Sheffield United are going down and I would make Newcastle second favourites after that. I honestly would. I, there's, it's a void there and they don't really have time to fix it. They don't have players to fix it and they don't have an owner that will try to fix it. Okay, so you have Sheffield United, you have Fulham, did you say? Yeah. Yep. Oh, no, no, no. Well, yeah, I probably would. Yeah, I put them. Fulham and, then, and Newcastle. And, wow. Okay. J Jimmy, what, what do you say? Because you know what? I include Wolves in this conversation. I'm sorry, but like, I think Raul Jimenez's uh, absence is a major problem. And from what I saw the past weekend, it, it's really going to be a struggle. When you concede three goals against the worst offensive team in the league, there's a problem. You know, and I feel like Wolves is also part of this conversation. But who who would you have right now? Three going down. If you take your heart out of it for a second, who would it be? Well, I'm going to enjoy the championship next season as a Newcastle supporter. It should be a lot of fun. I I, I can't argue with Benj. It's it, I just don't see where the 
where the end is in sight. I, we lack identity. I don't even really want to get into it. When I say about Fulham, though, the next few weeks are going to be very big for Fulham. They got Manchester United, which we're going to talk about. They got Burnley in the FA Cup. Sometimes I wonder if it's better if you get knocked out early in those competitions. So you can just focus on the league. And I think Fulham definitely needs to focus on the league if they want to stay up. So if they lose that one, we'll see. But then they have Brighton and West Brom back-to-back on a Wednesday, Wednesday, Saturday. Those two games for me are really going to determine their fate because it, the, the schedule gets infinitely harder after that. So if they can get some results against uh, Brighton and West Brom, both games are away from home, then, then maybe I put them in the conversation of, of sneaking out and, and being able to stay up and survive. But yeah, I don't want to, I don't know. You got Sam Allardyce is something special, man. He really is something special. And, and I feel like he's going to get that result. He's looking at that same fixture on his calendar going, we have to beat Fulham if we really want to have a chance of staying up. So that should be a cracking affair, all things considered. Um, but yeah, so I got, I got Sheffield, Newcastle, and I'll go with Newcastle. I think Fulham will stay down. Okay. So I, I will go back to what you said earlier, which is like, I think the only way that any team is going to try and get out of this is by at least putting their neck out there and just saying, mm-hmm. you know what, we're just going to go for it. We lose, we lose, but we have to in some way gamble offensively. So Sheffield United, unfortunately, 16 losses already. I mean, that's a big, big thing to come back from. So I have them going. Fulham are showing a little bit of light. Uh, in some of these performances. I, I, I'm not sure. And Wes Brom, to your point, both your points about Sam Allardyce, it takes time to build this uh, philosophy. Can they maybe do it? And then you look at your Newcastle, which is just not showing anything. If you stick with Steve Bruce, I'm sorry, there's just not going to be anything. He can give you all the passion he wants. Creatively, it's just going to be a problem. Burnley uh, have always shown how resilient they can be. I don't know. I'm going with Sheffield United. I'm going, I'm going with Newcastle. And I'm going with Fulham, I think. Uh, I, I, it's just, but you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, all right. When we come back, uh, we will preview Wednesday's action, including Man City against Villa, Fulham, Manchester United, and the Supercoppa Italiana. Stay right here. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back, everybody, to Kate Go Lasso, Jimmy Conrad, and James Bench here to preview Wednesday's action. And we begin, of course, in the Premier League, Manchester City. Manchester City, who since losing to Tottenham 
on November 21st has not lost a game since tying against West Brom. They've won every game in all competitions. We've all said that they're the team to watch for a while now. And if they beat Aston Villa uh, on Wednesday, they will go top of the table. Let's begin with you, Jimmy, and your lines. Any betting tips here? Yeah, I got a few for you guys. I, I think what I find interesting is that uh, Man City have conceded the fewest Premier League goals. I think everybody's pretty well aware of that. And if you're not now, you know. But Aston Villa have actually given up the least amount of goals away from home. So this one feels like it could be a low-scoring affair, but I don't buy it. I think Man City have unlocked it. They have figured it out, how to get a clean sheet, but then also score multiple goals. They did it against Crystal Palace this past weekend. I like Raheem Sterling. He finally scored in the 88th minute against Crystal Palace. I think he's going to build on that confidence. It was his first goal in almost a month. I like him to score. I think both teams will score. My big fear, though, with Aston Villa, and I look forward to hearing your guys' thoughts on this, is who's going to play. They didn't re release who got sick with COVID, who's been out. I know obviously every player has had some impact because there were enough of them that they all had to quarantine, but I worry about that. So Raheem Sterling uh, to score if Jack Grealish uh, and, and company play, then I think they will score, but uh, I think uh, city will win. That's plus three fifty. a uh, man city to win both teams to score. We'll keep it easy. Plus one fifty there. And then I actually think that Villa who have been very stout defensively, like I mentioned, will make things tight and try to get to, I think Dean Smith, the manager, like, let's just get to halftime zero, zero. And then in the second half, we can try to pick our spots and see if we can nip a goal and steal these points. I like a draw in the first half, frankly, I think it might be pretty tight in that one as they feel each other out, especially if, if Villa are decimated in some ways and are really focusing on team shape. And then I see city just, just too much quality, too much possession uh, getting a goal and ended up winning. So I like draw first half city win the second half plus three twenty. Well, I can before James Bench chimes in here, I can tell you from a squad perspective, just because I'm a Villa fan and we're all obsessed about who's going to be fit enough for this. Uh, Jack Grealish trained, John McGinn trained, uh, Douglas Luiz trained, Ollie Watkins, uh, Konza, Mings, Cash, Target, Martinez. Uh, the question marks are Traore, Trezeguet, who definitely uh, might be a doubt there. El Ghazi is a doubt. Ross Barkley mm -hmm. is finally fit. Uh, but the biggest question mark, obviously, it's, it's been a while, I believe, since 1998, since Aston Villa last played a game. Uh, so, you know, I, I wonder if this is an advantage or a disadvantage just because fresh legs, of course, but also the lack of competition uh, for a while. But yes, like Jimmy said, you know, this is going to be an interesting matchup for both sides just to see what they come. James Bench, what do you make of this matchup? Uh, Man City wins. They go to the table. Aston Villa wins. Uh, they uh, reclaim top of the top of the half table. I believe. Uh, yeah, they go into the top half yeah, above right. Arsenal. But I yep. mean, they've got so many games in hand that it's like a matter of when they'll go into the top half. They have been so good. I mean, we all know, we've all said they've been so good this season, but in particular, they've been really, really good against big teams. I mean, the Liverpool result is the one that stands out. I thought they were fantastic against Man United, even when they lost 2-1. Um, and I don't know if Ross Barkley comes straight back into the team. If he does, and I mean, I don't know where you fit him in when you've got um, players like McGinn playing so well, Luis playing so well, um, and, you know, even El Ghazi, if he's fit as well, there's so many options in this team. But they're, they're a fantastic team to watch on the counter-attack. Um, they, they attack with pace and purpose, and that will suit them playing against City. And it's like it's hard to, it's hard to bet against City um, because they, the quality they've, they've showed over the last few weeks has been outstanding and, and Stones and Diaz, we know is a fantastic pairing. I, it's, this, it's such a strange game because it is two great defensive teams that attack brilliantly, 
Um, I mean, one stat that really kind of stood out to me, these two teams between them are the bottom two teams in terms of tackles made in the Premier League. You would assume that City would be near the bottom because they never give the ball away. Aston Villa have made just 191 tackles. City have made 218. Villa are another team that's so good at keeping possession that don't need to fly into tackles. And actually, you know, players like Mings, Concert is a magnificent young centre-back who will play for England regularly. They read the game brilliantly. And then at the back, you've got uh, one of my unheralded players of the season, Emi Martinez, who, you know, we knew leaving Arsenal that he would go on to great things. Um, he's a brilliant shot stopper. I think they can, Villa can keep City to a goal or two. Then the question is whether they can nick one at the other end. I fancy them to, to nick one. It's just about the fine margins of whether they can keep that City attack down to, to one or two. I mean, you know, it's only Gabriel Jesus and Raheem Sterling and Kevin De Bruyne and Riyad Mahrez and Phil Foden, but maybe. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, interestingly enough, the shape of both teams are kind of similar. Uh, you know, in terms of definitely when they are defending and transition and up front where Ollie Watkins does the hard work. And, you know, from what we last saw in the last game with Man City, Gabriel Jesus did the same thing for City. So they're kind of similar from a shape perspective. All right, Jimmy, uh, I believe you said it, but give it to me again. What's your score prediction for this one? Yeah, I mean, I like that all those players are playing. I think that does change my score prediction a little bit. I, I agree with Benj. I think Villa will get a goal. I don't think they're going to win. Uh, I'm going to lean on the, the, the fact that uh, Man City have only given up nine goals in their last 25 Premier League games, yeah, which cool. uh, is pretty ridiculous. Um, 25 in all competitions, excuse me. It's, it's, it's ridiculous, uh, that, that type of production and, and that type of defending. So I'm going to say 2-1. I think just Villa scoring is kind of an accomplishment in itself, given how well City's been defensively. And then Kevin De Bruyne has really upped his game and the level and everybody's playing well and I think things are clicking. I think they unlocked it. Pep Guardiola came out and said we were doing too much running and now we just have to let the ball do the running. We've talked about it before in the podcast and I think that's really uh, spoke to that team in a really meaningful way. I'll say 2-1. I could see a 3-1 as well. I just think City's on something special right now. What about you, James Bench? Uh, final score prediction. <sighs> one all. I think, oh, I, think I think they're great. They're great. You're just saying players. that because Luis is a Villa fan yeah. bench. Okay. No, he's not saying that. <laughs> he, pre he predicted Villa to do well this season before we even met. That's fair. Must have known. Must have been something in my, <laughs> in my What do you think? What do you, one all you said? Yeah, I think so. I could I could look a fool in in 24 hours time, but I'm used to that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm not going to give you mine because uh, you know what it is. Um, all right. So let's talk about uh, Fulham Manchester United. As Jimmy mentioned, uh, you know, it really is about obviously making sure that Scott Parker and co get points out of all the games, to be honest, in one way or another. But this is a big one. They're hosting Manchester United, uh, you know, at Craven Cottage. Uh, Jimmy, any any betting tips here uh, from this game? Yeah, I'll just start with the fact that with that draw at Anfield against Liverpool, Manchester United have not lost away from home in the league in over a year. And wow. I think that has to take, be taken into consideration as they travel to Craven Cottage. I do want to kind of to further our, our relegation talk with, with regard to Fulham. They've played pretty well against the big teams. They've got a draw against Liverpool and Tottenham. And I thought they played really well against Chelsea. Chelsea were lucky this past weekend to, to escape with a 1-0 win. They got a red card, Anthony Robinson, U.S. Men's National Team player. I thought that was a red if you guys saw it or not. It wasn't a red. I don't know. I mean, he goes up and over the ball. 
it, it looked worse on Espelicueta. He definitely milked it and maybe jumped a little higher, but still it's, it's tough. Anyway, that, that said, I thought Fulham had been playing better. There's definitely an emphasis from their manager, Scott Parker, to, to be more defensive-minded, be tough to break down. But anytime you do that, even with Man City, we've seen at the beginning of the season, when you do that, you start to limit and handcuff some of your best attacking players because they're so focused on their defensive responsibilities. I think because of the depth that Manchester United have, I think we're going to see a rotated team because they have Liverpool and the FA Cup uh, on the weekend. So they have to take that into consideration in terms of resting legs. Bruno Fernandes will play. I think Ole Gunnar already came out and said that because he's a robot and never gets tired, apparently. He's I, like, play. I like Cavani to, to get the start in this one. And him scoring any time, I thought was good value, plus 105. I think the game's going to be tight for all the reasons I mentioned. I like United to win an under two and a half goals, plus 320. And then to combine the two, I like Cavani to score. And then United has to win 1-0, 2-0, 2-1. That's plus 480. So I kind of leveled up those bets for you guys. But that, that's what I'm looking at. No, I love it. Love it. Great tips. James Bench, one thing, though, like to what Jimmy said, you know, Fulham did work hard against Chelsea with 10 men. And it actually, it took Chelsea all the way till the 78th minute to get a goal here. It wasn't like, you know, they got one quick and everything. So uh, can Fulham do this, James Bench? Can they get anything out of this? It's going to be hard. You need, you know, as you say, United are peerless on the road. Um, but Fulham have just they've developed a game plan that is so unFulhamish. You know, they came up last season yeah. or the season before playing 4-3-3, commitment to passing and being like a mini Barcelona and they got kicked out of the league. They they adapted it a little bit in the championship, but even then they were a ball-playing, easy-on-the-eye team. Now they're back five, you know, no room for players like, um, you know, your Kearneys and, and people like that so that they can fit in more robust midfielders like, like Zamba and Gisa. They're good and you have... The, the, my, the thing that I've hung over United for a little while now and no one's really saying, Bruno Fernandes looks tired. He looks really tired. I thought that was really obvious at, at Anfield. He, since he's joined, he's played 2,673 Premier League minutes. That's more than any other attacking player in the league. You know, he's up there with players like Aubameyang, Zaha, Grealish, players that are carrying teams on their own. And I think that's what Bruno's been doing. And I think you should rest him because you do have Donny van der Beek who... It's quite a good player that could play in that 10 role. You have Pogba that could do it. Um, and I almost worry that if you keep relying on Bruno, you end up not building a, you know, we talk about this all the time, you know, you, you end up not building an identity and you end up, you know, if he goes, gets injured, you can't cope without him. Um, having said all that, you know, he, he just throws whichever superstar attackers he wants at this game and probably gets a 2-0 win. So I would think United will we'll get this, but Fulham have been great and I don't think they'll make it at all easy for um, for United. Yeah, and on the Bruno Fernandes thing, I mean, I thought he looked tired against uh, City in the League Cup final, you know, so, you know, and he still kept going since then. So, all right, Jimmy, uh, any final points from this game and your final score prediction? No, I'm going to, I really like the United to win the under two and a half goals plus 320. I think that's just really good value. To Benj, he went 2-0. I'm seeing it very similarly. I think it's going to be pretty tight. I think United will get a result, a win. And uh, yeah, I'm going to say, I'll say 2-0. That sounds, that sounds pretty, pretty good. Okay. And James Benj, you're staying with 2-0? Yeah. Um, plus 320 sounds quite good. How much money can I make on that, Jimmy? Well, if you bet 100, you'll get uh, 320 in return. So if you bet 1,000, you get 3,200. I don't know, I don't know what your, uh, what your uh, daily allowance is. <laughs> What's that? I finally learned how American odds work. That's it. That's it. So you bet 100 to win 320. Yeah. 
Well, there you go. I'm going to give Fulham a goal here. I think it'll be 2-1 to Manchester United. But everybody agrees on this pod, a Man United win. All right, let's keep going. No break. Let's keep going. Uh, Italy, let's go to Serie A. Juventus after losing to Inter Milan, a really great performance from Inter Milan. Um, they now face Napoli in the Supercoppa Italiana. Jimmy Conrad, what do you have for us? Well, this is the tale of two teams. I mean, Juve, I don't know which version we're going to get here. You have the team that uh, beat AC Milan and, and did it in a very convincing fashion, and they lose to Inter Milan, very similar, but Inter were the more uh, convincing fashion uh, victors in that one. So I don't know who we're going to see. Napoli's coming off an absolute thrashing, uh, 6-0. I thought Lorenzo Insigne was maybe the the player of the week throughout Europe. He was so good, and if you haven't seen the third goal, I think it is, where he's he dribbles through five people and drops a dime to Chucky Lozano on the back post. It's a ridiculous goal. And they're coming in with a ton of confidence. It's a great time for them to have that. The straight up bets, I think, are probably what you should look at. Plus 140 for Juve to win straight up. 240 for the draw after 90 minutes. And then plus 195 for Napoli. I think there's some value there. I'll go with the hot hand. I always like doing that. Lorenzo Insigne to score anytime, plus 175. I don't think Juve can contain him. I thought that Inter Milan ex- exploited the back four of Juve in their big match this past weekend. That said... For all you Juve supporters out there, you can't sleep on one of the greatest to ever do it, Cristiano Ronaldo. This is a trophy. A trophy's at stake. This guy knows how to win trophies. So if you want him to score and you think he's going to do it, Juve to win both teams to score. And I think Napoli will score in this one. That's plus 450. I call that the Jimmy special. I think that's a really, really good value to have Ronaldo to score, Juve to win both teams to score. Um, but God, it's really hard to go against Napoli right now. They, they look like they're in, in terrific form. What I'll say about Juve is – I just don't know what their identity is. I still feel like they're all over the place, still trying to really identify who their best 11 is. It seems like they have it figured out and then they use it again and the other team kind of basically exploits them for, for being naive to continue. And that, that seems like uh, something a first-year manager would go through. And I'm looking at you, Andrea Pirlo. So th- those were the lines I was looking at that kind of jumped out at me. No, great stuff there. James Bench, I like what uh, Kaladu Kulibali said. I only expect us to win. We're just going to go all out for this game, Um, you know, and because it's a Gattuso squad as well, hopefully you will see a lot of grit here. What do you see in this game? Yeah, I mean, I thought Jimmy hit hit the nail on the head there briefly when he mentioned the um, Juventus defence. It's hard to believe that a a backline of Giorgio Chiellini and and Leonardo Guanucci might look a bit old and slow. But, you know, that, you know, this end is coming. Obviously, he's been, you know, Pirlo's been able to lean on De Ligt, who's, who's been excellent by all accounts this season. I just don't know if against Lozano, Insigne, um, maybe, I mean, I know it's Andoni Andrea Patania through the middle, but maybe it's Dries Mertens. I don't know if you can rely on Bonucci and Chiellini on their own without someone with a bit of pace to cover in behind. You, then you've got no, but you've got no options. I think Sandro, Quadrado, Delict are all still out with COVID. Correct me if I'm wrong, Luis. Yep. No, they're, they're all still out. So, you know, it is that thing of you, you look at the Juventus team and you think, you know, there's winners throughout that team. They will they will up their game for a final. But I, you have to expect that that Napoli will get a lot of joy in behind, that they'll get a lot of joy, you know, even against Danilo, who I think is pretty average for, for the team he plays for. Um, I, I do see this one being, it's, it's hard to call, but I think Juventus just need some fresh legs. And as, as, as Jimmy said, they need something to fall back on. It's all a bit of a mess. I don't know how they play anymore, which is so odd considering the coach they've got in place. Um, I'm seeing an upset here, but this is Juventus and um, it's generally wise not to write them off. Although you did write them off, didn't you, Luis? 
and you were the only person that got that right. I in did. I stood by Inter Milan. I did. I did say it was a goal fest, which it wasn't. It was well, it was a, well from Inter's perspective, it was good. But it, I, it was just basically going from what you guys are saying right now. I just Andrea Pirlo is still trying to figure out Juventus. He still doesn't have a consistent basis or philosophy, I think. And then when you add the absentees, and I think the aging center back. Uh, partnership and the lick being out and now i'm hearing talks of maybe uh, demiral starting in this one 22 year old turkish defender i think that's worrying because napoli as jimmy mentioned looked so good especially with insignia and chucky etc so and when it's a cup final you know who knows what could happen but i, I don't know the identity thing worries me andrea perlo in his first proper final as a juventus manager worries me a little bit um, I'm going with an upset here with Napoli winning. Uh, Jimmy, any final points from this one and your final score prediction? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not surprised that you want to go with Napoli. I mean, they beat Fiorentina uh, 6-0 this weekend, like I mentioned, and Juve lost to Fiorentina last month 3-0. So I guess when you start to do that type of math, uh, Napoli's going to win 9-0 in this game. But <laughs> I would say that I think Napoli does have the slight edge because I think they know who they are a little bit better than Juve does. I, I will say, though, I think that the natural reaction to them getting exposed, Juve, that is defensively against Inter Milan, is that they're going to just tighten things up. I think they're going to make sure that the, maybe the line isn't as high. I think they're going to make sure they're really buttoned up on that side of the ball, which means that I think they're going to have a really tight game. I could see a draw after 90 minutes at plus 240, and then I could see Napoli maybe uh, nicking a goal there in, in extra time. I'm going to do that. I'm going to say a Napoli wins an extra time. I'm going to go with the draw plus 240, 0-0, 1-1 potentially, but but uh, it'll be the under two. And, and those lines aren't great because everybody expects the under here, but that's what I'm going with. So I think Napoli will, will nick something special in extra time to win it. James Bench, I forgot your score prediction. What was it? 2-1 Napoli, let's say. Right. I, I think like you, it's going to be a, a win for the underdogs. Wow, we're all going for Napoli. I'm going for 1-0 Napoli. And I hope Juventus isn't listening to this because we have an exclusive chat with Artur Mello on our YouTube channel. I talked to him uh, in Spanish because my Portuguese is limited, his English is limited. So we met down the middle and he talked about his life with Juventus, uh, you know, uh, expectations for the Champions League, etc. So uh, just don't listen to that part and just listen to him. But uh, we're all going for Napoli in this one. Let's see what happens. All right. Any other games, Jimmy Conrad, Bundesliga action, Copa del Rey, La Liga as well. Anything else that you want to uh, break down from Wednesday? Yeah, I'll go to Germany. Uh, Schalke's taken on Köln. Uh, Matthew Hoppe, the 19-year-old for American, scored again against Eintracht. They didn't get the win, Schalke, but but uh, it's nice to see him scoring back-to-back -back games. I uh, want to see if he can continue to keep this good form up. That's one. And then Augsburg versus Bayern. That's a Bavarian Bavarian derby. I don't know how you say that there. I'm always trying to word it. It's David versus Goliath. Augsburg's obviously a little bit smaller, and we all know what Bayern is capable of. What I find interesting is that Bayern have scored in all 16 Bundesliga games uh, this season, and the They've scored actually only they've only failed to score twice out of 70 out of their last 77 Bundesliga games. And that was both against RB Leipzig. That's not who they're playing this weekend. So I suspect that they're going to they're going to beat Augsburg. I just still worry about the vulnerability of Bayern. That back line is as porous as it's been when you look at it statistically since the 1980s. And they got to figure that out if they really want to be considered less about Bundesliga champions. I think they'll figure out a way to do that and more being a repeat uh, Champions League winners. So we'll see. Well, what about you, James? Uh, you want to talk on that Bayern game? Anything else that interests you from around the continent? Well, just what you're saying about, I don't want to talk about Bayern. Um, <laughs> what you're saying about Andrea Pirlo, though, really struck me and made me think, um, obviously, Wayne Rooney has, has taken over at Derby. I know that was last week. If Wayne Rooney had a better head of hair and had convincingly moved to a deep-lying midfield role, 
Would he have got the Man United job by now? I mean, Pirlo <laughs> to Juventus, at Juventus. Arteta, Lampard. I know he doesn't have great hair, but he, he does bald well. Guardiola. Everyone is looking for their own Pep Guardiola. And so, so where's where's Patrick Vieira going then? He should be landing somewhere nice here oh, soon. Um, we've already well, got already did, right? He already he already well, did. Well, he did, but he got fired. I mean, we'll get Steven Gerrard's another one you could throw in there too. Is yeah. the hair that good? I don't I, know. Well, Wayne Rooney's being smart, I think. He's just taking his time with a championship side and then and then see what happens. But I tell you what, it's not unrealistic to think that at some point in his career Wayne Rooney will manage Manchester United. You never know. You he just needs to get Derby relegated. It worked well <laughs> enough for Solskjaer. Yeah, or not make it to the Premier League like Frank Lampard. Oh, here we uh, go. I love the shade. That's great. <laughs> All right. Any final thoughts from either of you before we say goodbye? Jimmy Conrad. Yeah, Newcastle are terrible. I can't wait for the championship next season. My bag is coming back on my head. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> Jade's bench. Newcastle are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll say, I told you so. All right. Thank you, boys. See ya. Hey, everybody. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and James Bench for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter on Que Golazo Pod. And by the way, we have all our content on YouTube, on UCL, on CBS channel. We have a great interview with Arthur Mella from Juventus and Brazil. He talks about the Champions League, playing in Serie A, uh, happy about an old Brazilian Copa Libertadores and so much more. Make sure that you pay attention to it. Have a great day and the rest of your week.